Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, Slick McDarula, who just joined us on Patreon. Uh, not Patreon, on Periscope. Welcome to Secrets of the Sire. We are doing this every week. We talk movies, comic books, TV, pop culture. We're, we're, we run the gamut. And uh, today we are actually doing an incredibly, you know, kind of different kind of show. Uh, we kind of put this put this together in a unique kind of way um, because, uh, well, it's election season. So, you know, one might ask, how does pop culture factor into the election? Uh, well, you might not even ask that at all. You might just be saying, how can anyone uh, support Donald Trump? Or how can anyone support Hillary Clinton? You know, one should be in jail. One should be bankrupt, maybe. You know, something. You know, something like that. Uh, but it's the greatest reality TV show on the uh, on the planet. And uh, we love uh, we love reality TV shows. So uh, we're going to we're going to definitely uh, lump it into uh, our pop culture discussion. We're going to talk crazy election 2016 with political cartoonist Randy Bish. Uh, but plus, we're also gonna we're gonna do our standard fare. We're gonna talk Doctor Strange. It's coming out this weekend. Uh, it's getting rave, rave reviews. Uh, it's also the most important movie in the Marvel universe, uh, and I'll tell you exactly why in a little bit too. Um, and then also, we're gonna be talking um, Deadpool two. That mo- movie is in huge trouble, like huge trouble, um, which is. Uh, not good for the fans of Deadpool too, but we're gonna uh, we're gonna definitely do that as well. But first, we're gonna do some housekeeping. Uh, you know, housekeeping. You can do some house cleaning also if you want to. Secrets of the Sire is brought to you by all of our beloved patrons. We have dedicated fans: Einar Peterson and Ashley. Hi, Kai. Our program director is Stephanie Dolce. Our executive producer, Steve Hovecki, along with Brian Phillips. And as always, our Uber fan, Christina Dolce. Uh, Want to give a shout out to all our Periscope people. Periscope? Did I say Periscope? It's, it's that kind of day. Uh, yeah, no, we're, we're going to give our, our shout-out to uh, Periscope folks. Um, Fecal One just gives us lots of like rave reviews online, and with a name like that, you kind of know that uh, he's he means business. So we thank you, Fecal One, for, for tuning in. Um, we love your stuff, and thank you. He just he was telling us how great our show was, and he tunes in every week. He tuned in last week. So we have a repeat guy, which is, which is awesome. Um, we also have $2 patrons get a copy of the show outline before we go to air and access to our library of interviews like Chris Cornell, Kevin Bacon, and more. Um, I just posted an interview with uh, Coy Bowles of Zach Brown Band. I actually just posted another interview with uh, Joshua Radin. Um, Radin, Radin, Radin. He's a singer-songwriter, folk guy. He was on Scrubs, uh, did a lot of cool stuff. So you get that uh, when you check out the Patreon page. So check us out there. $5 patrons get an exclusive live feed to the show. Uh, and a private chat where they can ask questions and talk before we go live, like we just did with uh, our EP, Brian Phillips. Um, and don't forget, this is a live call-in show. It's 877-480-4120. Uh, we'll have our guest calling in at uh, a little bit later today, a little bit later on the show. Um, you can stream us live, facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. And uh, Twitter, Michael underscore Dolce. Instagram, mdolce64. Segment one, we're going to go right into this now, too. So, I mean, we're going to talk election. We're going to talk a whole bunch of stuff. But first, I want to kick it off with Deadpool 2. Uh, Deadpool 2 is kind of doomed, right? Now, here's the thing. I rewatched Deadpool uh, le- over the weekend, too, actually. So, it's on HBO, and it's still going good. And if anybody's a fan of the show, they know I predicted great things for this movie when it first came out. Um, I actually predicted that it was going to flop. Um, I was a little bit wrong on that. Um, why did it succeed, right? Why did it originally succeed? Why it was an underdog, first of all. It was a little offbeat, a little different. Um, it was a little something that a lot of fans you know, could kind of really get into. It had a rabid cult following. I mean, 
it was one of those things where it was just a perfect storm of everything. Plus, one of the reasons it succeeded, too, was the fact that it was um, completely different than everything else that was out there, right? I mean, that's, you know, and it's going to segue right nicely into the Doctor Strange talk that we're going to have. Um, it was different. Now, that's all gone now, right? The all new, all different, the, the, the different take. Um, Deadpool's not there anymore. I mean, it's, it's essentially, it's not, you're going to see it coming, right? I mean, there's no, there's no, now there's, there's expectation. There was no expectation before. Um, Ryan Reynolds is a bigger star again. You know, you don't have that, you don't have that underdog like, hey, this is the role made for him, you know, kind of, kind of um, role that he had coming into this. You got all that. And then there's news that came out recently. Tim Miller is gone. You lost your director. So Tim Miller is off Deadpool 2. That's a big loss. I mean, you want to... It's, it's, like, it's like, okay, so it's game seven. We got Chicago Cubs, Cleveland Indians playing. It's great analogy, right? Um, whatever team loses this game is going to want to come back next year and make it to the World Series. How do you do that? You retain your manager you retain your best players you retain everything that made your run successful the year before Deadpool 2 is going to need this as well too Deadpool 2 is going to need everyone that was part of it before to make it just as good if not better the expectations are bigger the budget's bigger but sometimes that's a that's a bad thing too right I mean they actually made fun of the fact that they had no budget for the movie in the movie that's one of the one of the things that made it such a fun ride so losing Tim Miller, that's a big, big loss. Now, there are some names being floated around, and one name caught my attention that could help save it, and uh, he's a Buffy alum. It's Drew Goddard. Drew Goddard is rumored to be the next director. Now, Drew Goddard also runs the Daredevil show. He's the uh, uh, executive producer in Daredevil. So right off the bat, that's, that's a tremendous pickup if they can reel him in. Um, writes tremendous comic books. He, re- he wrote a couple issues of Buffy that were just off the chart. They were better than Joss Whedon's uh, scripts. Uh, I mean, it's very difficult to beat the creator of your own show, and the, but they, you know, he definitely did. There was no question about it. And then also, uh, John Wick 2, the director from John Wick 2, is now rumored to take over. Deadpool 2 is in a lot of trouble. We're going we're gonna to talk a little bit of casting a little bit later on in the show for Deadpool 2 um, once we get through the political talk and all that fun stuff. Um, but it's a good segue. Deadpool is a great segue into my next topic which is doctor strange doctor strange is coming out this weekend it's getting rave reviews all right and we're going to do spinning the racks like we do every week which is just going through the news and notes it made 86 million dollars overseas before it even hit the u.s it's it's doing killer killer reviews rolling stone wrote a killer review about it it's an important movie and it's an important movie for the marvel universe because it's important actually let's uh, let's expand it beyond marvel it's an important movie for the entire comic book genre why because it's not a comic book movie right it's part of the universe it's part of the shared universe i mean you even have one of the lines in the teasers and the trailers where um where the ancient one uh tilda swinton uh, who was supposed to be an asian man but it's tilda swinton i can live with it uh you know she says you know you have to fight the battles the avengers can't so i mean they have the nod to everything he's going to be part there's the extra scene at the end too which uh, which everyone's reporting will kind of shed light onto how he can kind of interact with the avengers movies and stuff like that i mean he'll be, he'll be part of that movie universe however he's also not going to be in this movie, though, dealing with the kind of villains and heroes and situations and scenarios that, you know, a typical comic book movie is going to have. Civil War was a continuation of the next story. Uh, that has all your people in costume. This is something entirely different. Now, why is it so important? 
it's important to see Marvel expand outward, right? Deadpool's a great example, right? You have to be different, right? And now you're going to get a flood of comic book movies starting next year. I mean, a flood. I mean, we had a flood this year. We had Batman v Superman. We had Deadpool. We had um, Suicide Squad. We've had Civil War, obviously, which we named already. Um, I mean, you have all these comic book movies, you know, at some point there's going to be fatigue. Why did Deadpool work? It was completely different. It was something completely different than what we had seen before. Um, it doesn't have that anymore. We talked about that a little bit earlier, right? Deadpool 2 is not going to have the element of surprise that it once did. It's, it's simply going to be, um, I mean, it's, 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 it's just not. Um, what now you have to hope that Deadpool does is, is build off that and actually create a universe, which I think they can. Um, I think they definitely can. But Doctor Strange now is the forerunner for that, right? I mean, Doctor Strange is the, is, the, is the yardstick, is the litmus test. How far can we go within our own Marvel universe, uh, within our own comic book universe, to bring in people that might be sick of seeing just the same old superhero, that might be sick of, you know, it's been, I don't know, I mean, if you count the Captain America movies, it's been like six Avengers movies at this point. And we've got two more on the way. So, it, you know... It's got to bring in the kind of people that um, want to just enjoy a movie. And that's what makes it really important. Another reason it makes it important, too, it's got to wipe the taste of the Superman versus Batman. It's got to wipe the taste of the Suicide Squad. It's got to wipe that taste out of people's mouths. It's got to basically make amends for a summer that didn't really have a blockbuster. I know Civil War kind of came out... It was right at the beginning of the summer. Actually, it really wasn't. Though it was in May. May is not technically the summer. I know the summer season starts at Memorial Day, so it definitely, I guess, technically kicked off the season. Um, I'm doing air quotes for anybody on the radio there. It's good radio stuff. Um, but it's got to shepherd in, kind of like what Ant-Man did. I mean, Ant-Man, though, still, was like a, still had a superhero-esque kind of atmosphere. Doctor Strange, what it's doing is projecting this psychedelic it's kind of a broadening the perspective it's broadening what you could consider to be a comic book movie so doctor strange definitely is it's it's easily it's the most important movie that marvel's going to have coming out because it's going to it's going to lead into guardians of the galaxy 2 which again guardians of the galaxy supposed to be a space movie more than a superhero movie. That's important. It's important to be able to establish these different brands within the confines of their own universe, within the confines of their own fans. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy did not have a big fan base. You have one character from the original Jim Valentino run in there, which is Yondu. The rest was all part of uh, the Mark Millar run from years ago, which was a very offbeat, which is almost very crazy to even think that they would even have that. Um, so, I mean, you, you have these these components that all add up to one thing where you have to take this beyond the Avengers because look Tony Stark's not going to be Robert Downey Jr. I mean how much longer do we have for him uh, we have a new Spider-Man which is great he's new and he's fresh even though he has had I don't know five movies up to this point it's new and fresh to see Tom Holland in there um, so you do have a new lease on life with him as more of a traditional superhero but now you're going to have Wonder Woman next year and then you're going to have Aquaman and then you're going to have Justice League and then you're going to have, I'm sure there's more um, comic book superhero movies 
on tap, which is more, well, obviously I know there are, there's Flash, there's, uh, there's Arrow. Um, a spot of Premier Stark, which, by the way, welcome back. Why can't we go with a different comic label like Image, Wildcats, Darkness, to maintain it? See, there's going to be that. And remember, Wanted came out a few years ago, and that's actually a great point. Wanted was a, based off a graphic novel, too, but they actually they changed all the, the superhero elements to that, if you remember, right? They basically took the script for Wanted, which is an amazing story, actually. It's a Mark Millar vehicle also. He does really, really great stuff. He basically pictured a universe where the supervillains won, and comic books were actually just the last kind of wink-wink nod to this age that actually really existed. There was a Superman, there was a Batman, there was all these things, but the supervillains rose up and defeated them, and they mind-wiped the entire world, so the world has no idea. The world just forgot, you know, basically that there was these really people, and supervillains are running the show, and it was a cool conspiracy angle, and they changed it because they didn't feel... They didn't feel it, it had the appeal. Now, if Wanted had come out within the past three, four years, maybe they wouldn't have gotten rid of the superhero, supervillain appeal. Um, maybe they would have kept it. But we'll continue talking about this when we come back. I think this is actually a really great point. Thank you, Espada Premier Stark, for bringing that up. What other comic book franchises can, 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 take, the, you know, can take the flag? We're going to find out coming up next. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And And welcome welcome to to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21stCE Radio or Talk Alternative. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every week on TalkingAlternative.com. We talk comics, movies, TV, music, and pop culture every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, TalkingAlternative.com. We also stream our show on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. Uh, we periscope it as uh, we had someone just chime in and say, hey, I hear a woman's voice. Uh, that was our commercial break. It's good to, good to have you on for the first time. But uh, you can ch- uh, stream us on Periscope at Michael underscore. Dolce. You can actually also download this as a podcast. Um, it gets released every Friday morning. It's on iTunes. It's on Google Play. It's on every podcasting app. Uh, this is episode 42, so we've actually been... We've got, we got a good little archive going on here. Um, Alright, we were talking... Well, we're going to talk a bunch of things. Alright, so we, we've actually... it's We're nearing an election season, so we're definitely going to cover some Trump and some Hillary, and we're going we're gonna to spin it in a, in a couple 
different ways. We're going to spin it in a pop culture way because, quite frankly, um, it this is a gigantic reality show. Reality shows, pop culture, pop culture's TV. Boom! There you go. It all, it all, it's all connected somehow. That's the first thing we're going to do. But also, we're going to be welcoming Randy Bishon um, in our next segment. Randy Bish is an editorial cartoonist, uh, political cartoonist. Uh, he's got some awesome stuff, um, and so I really want to get his take on this crazy reality show. Um, we had a poll. We had a poll that ran. We uh, we kind of threw this out there. It was, you know, again a little little uh, little throw stuff at the wall kind of week and see what see what sticks. I, I told Sam, our engineer, that I worked really really hard on on coming up with content for this week's show, and I really got nowhere. Um, at the same time, I was going to write a blog. It was going to be fantastic, um, and, and but no, no, I didn't. But uh, we did. We had this really cool. Um, we had this cool poll. Um, you can actually still vote. There's 26 minutes left. If you go to my uh, Twitter feed. Michael underscore Dolce. Which supervillain would you choose to run the country over Trump or Hillary? Like, what supervillain could you actually live with? Um, and the choices I had was Lex Luthor, uh, Loki, Doctor Doom, um, Richard Nixon. Now, Richard Nixon is from The Watchmen. So, if anybody, um, if anybody uh, didn't catch that, I mean, I wouldn't just put Richard Nixon as a supervillain. Um, I mean, some might consider him to be a supervillain. He was a very paranoid guy, um, but he was the villain of Watchmen. Um, he basically, because he had Doctor Manhattan, and Doctor Manhattan was the most powerful being on the planet. He basically got reelected every single year because why? Why switch? He was like our five-term uh, president, or whatever you want to call it. Um, Doctor Doom, with five votes right now, is uh, is is leading the charge in our in our little mini uh, extravaganza, our little mini poll here. And uh, I'll get into why I think that's actually a great idea. I mean, if you're gonna now, Lex Luthor was already president at one point, so there was a whole story arc in the in the early 2000s. Actually, I think it was like in 2000 uh, where Lex Luthor actually became president of. Uh, the United States. And of course, he obviously used that to try to take Superman down because, you know, at that point, he's just very obsessed with that. So, uh, you know, what are you going to do? But, but yeah, so uh, we had a nice little poll. We had some fun stuff, but we had a really good discussion talking before and we're talking about Doctor Strange. We're talking about Deadpool. Deadpool basically has... Deadpool's doomed, man. I'm telling you right now. I'm predicting doom and gloom. Uh, anytime you hear of directors leaving and not getting along with Ryan Reynolds, they said the split was amicable, but they said it was creative differences. Um, there's some domino casting news. Uh, we'll talk about that a little later in the show too. So you know, hopefully that kind of adds the intrigue. But you know, you're gonna have a you're gonna have Cable. You're gonna have Domino. You do have the original writers though, so that's at least a win right there. But you want to keep the team together. I mean, look, you shattered records with it. Um, you you took it to a point where it's, you know, I don't want to say it saved superheroes because in February we didn't need, superheroes didn't need saving. But after Batman versus Superman and after Suicide Squad, you kind of do need it. And even after Civil War too. Civil War was one of the biggest movies of the year and it kind of just, it came. It was almost like, you know, Marvel, this is another reason why Doctor Strange is so important, right? Marvel is doing a great job telling a story um, and they're telling their story within the confines of movies now, which is which is kind of unheard of, right? I mean, you generally don't um, you don't get episodic feels, but that's essentially what these movies are now, right? They're episodes, right? And that's not a good thing, though. Sometimes, right? Because sometimes when you make it feel like an ongoing storyline, which is what their comic book series always were, but it's a different format. I mean, they want you to buy a monthly comic book series. That series never ends. Spider Man. I mean, they'll continue to relaunch number one ep- issues and they'll continue to end it on their own terms in this, but they always come back. The story always continues. Uh, the movies, I mean, one of the things that people watch movies for, read novels for, read books for, read graphic novels in, in, a, in a 
confined senses, the story ends. In this case, they don't want it to. Star Trek keeps going. going. Obviously, they... Well, but you know what, though? Star Trek keeps going, and what did the last movie feel like? It felt like a really long episode of Star Trek. You know, again, very quality. It'll still make them money. It'll still make their budget back. Like, all that kind of stuff is great, but at the end of the day, they're not exactly going to be wowing us with something like huge you know there's a reason why the movies didn't make as much money this year it just it just didn't doctor strange has the capability to do that though um it's amazing that the best movie of the year in deadpool started out in the beginning of the year and we're also going to have like the best movie uh of the year kind of bookending it because the reviews are just tremendous everyone is just loving benedict cumberbatch they're loving all the stuff that he's doing um but it's a chance to hopefully tell an actual story. I mean, the Captain America movies aren't really a. I mean, they're just glorified Avengers movies. After a while, we're gonna have we're gonna get kind of tired of seeing the Avengers over and over again. Um, and then we had one of our uh, one of our streamers here, uh, a spot of Premier Stark, ask, "Why can't we have another comic book franchise take over? Why can't you know the Darkness or Wildcats? Well, Wildcats got you know, you know." It's got to be something that is unique also. Like, I would see a Savage Dragon movie doing really well because it's kind of a unique character, although he does kind of look like the Hulk. Um, but at the end of the day, I think Marvel is smarter. Well, they're, they're definitely smarter than DC right now. I don't, think that anybody, I don't think anybody can even argue that their movies are significantly smarter. Um, there's a plan in place, and they're actually executing it. And they're, st- they're just like, they're leaps and bounds ahead. But they're also smart in the sense that they're doing a Doctor Strange movie, and it's not a superhero movie. Um, they're smart in the sense that the Thor movie is going to be a buddy movie between him and Hulk. And it's going to be on a distant planet. And that's kind of cool. I mean, it's, it's, it's a different take. Um, the one thing they have to watch, though, and they have to really be careful about, is not to make these movies seem like, glorified episodes because once you start doing that i mean where was the buzz for star trek this year it just wasn't civil war was was really cool and the fight scenes were cool um but would you compare it to seeing avengers for the first time no i mean the avengers movie was like epic was like wow i've never seen anything like this before um you know take it back to like the dark knight i've never seen anything like this before like i mean the dark knight is a movie you'd go see over and over and over again um i mean even you know, Star Wars is something like that. You can, you can kind of parallel to that. I mean, Star Wars are, are epic movies, but now they're going to be saturating with lots of different stories. Um, you know, is that going to take away from, from the excitement and the epicness of this actual, you know, event that is a movie? So it, it's, it's, it's definitely a lot to, um, you know, a lot to see and a lot to, um, uh, to kind of play in to see how this how this all plays out but uh, i would love to see you know chime in you know uh you can always call in by the way this is a call-in show um so i know we have a guest coming up next but you can always call in uh the number is 877-480-4120 you can chime in on periscope uh we are going to be shifting gears a little bit um and kind of doing now okay Let's all be honest here. I mean, we could talk politics. Anybody could talk politics, right? I mean, it's the two things you're not supposed to talk about is like religion and politics. Uh, we're going to get a little political, but we're going to do it from a pop culture angle. Um, the election's coming up next week. So we had a lot of cool things ha- kind of happening. We had some Deadpool 2 news. So if you, you caught us a little earlier today, you heard the, uh, um, oh, it's Fecal One. He has given us some compliments on Periscope. Man, the dude loves our show, which is awesome. He is, he's basically just, I mean, he's spreading it to his, his friends. He's telling his friends you should, you should watch the show. It's really, it's, you know, it's great. I mean, hey, we appreciate the support, man. I can't, I can't thank this guy enough. Um, 
We talked a little Deadpool 2 because the Deadpool 2 news came. It kind of came out last week. We were talking all Walking Dead last week. Um, so it's, you know, obviously that took a little precedence over the Deadpool 2 news. We wanted to squeeze that in. Doctor Strange coming out this week. Got to talk Doctor Strange. It's a big, important movie. It's an important linchpin in the Marvel Universe. Uh, there's Game 7 of the World Series. I could talk about that, too. I'm, you know, one of these days, I'll actually do it just a sports you know, theme show. Um, so I could talk about that all day. But there's some little tiny thing happening next week, which we all can't wait uh, for it to be over. It's this little thing called election. Um, I think everyone's kind of tired of it. Um, but we have, a, we have a political cartoonist coming up next in Randy Bish. And uh, he's going to dive into the, into the politics of Trump and Hillary and how this election compares from his point of view, he's been doing this for 31 years, so I uh, really love to get his insight. So next, we'll do a little, we'll do a little politics, and then we'll talk about religion, and then we'll talk about some more comic books when we come back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Rob and Callie Show Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every week, Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern on TalkingAlternative.com. Uh, we talk comics, movies, TV, music, and pop culture. Um, we also stream it on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. We also stream it on Periscope, where you can actually check out all the compliments and the hearts and the likes that we get. Um, you know, we do have a, a really, uh, you know, large fan base there, and they, uh, they really love us on that show, on that uh, channel, which is great. Um, one of the things that my engineer, Sam, actually kind of brought up, which I thought was kind of funny, was the fact that, uh, we, you know, a spot of Premiere Stark chimed in and asked, you know, what other comic book movies, or what other comic book franchises could actually, like, you know, t- pass the baton, so to speak, and, and keep it going. And we have, we have this thing here uh, that I created, which is uh, The Sire. It's about a superhero forced by his own costume to fight evil. Go to MikeBooks.com. You can check that out. Um, yeah, I guess that could that could do it. I mean, I would, you know, we could definitely. I mean, you know, that's a unique little spin. It's a different take on on superheroes. You'd be willing to license. I would. I would definitely license that one. Yeah, I would absolutely license it out. So, um, you know, hey, we'll see that. Hello, Brian Scott on Facebook Live. Uh, I, I know Brian Scott is excited about our next guest as well. So we want to welcome. We're gonna we're gonna spin it. Like I said, we talk movies and TV and comics and pop culture, but we're gonna spin this uh, into little politics. We want to welcome Randy Bish on the line. Randy, how you doing? Good. How about yourself? I'm doing really, really good. So, uh, background for everybody: you are an award-winning editorial cartoonist for 31 years uh, for the Tribune Review and the Pittsburgh Tribune Review, um, and your cartoons are distributed by Cagle Cartoons and the Pennsylvania News Media Association. 
Did I get that right? That's right. Oh, that's great. See, this is good. I, I like to not butcher people's bios. I, I try to not butcher, you know, much of anything uh, if I could all help it. Um, so you're also the author and illustrator of Yin's Might Be from Pittsburgh. It's a calendar series. Talk to me about that real quick, and then we'll get into the election stuff. I was very curious about that. Uh, it's a calendar that is a salute to the, the language that is na- native to, to people of Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, around here, in, in, uh, instead of saying you, we say yins. Really? Yep. Well, how did that? Uh, all right, we, we won't even get into that. All right, you've been doing you've been doing um, editorial cartoons, um, you know, political cartoons, you know, based on the election, based on uh, I'm sure local government and I'm sure federal government and things like that. Have you ever seen? Okay, have you ever had such fertile grounds to draw cartoons than this election season? Let's let's start there. Never, never. <laughs> I, I it, it hasn't been this good since since uh, Ross Perot. Ooh, Dan see, that's Perot. actually a great um, that's a great reference. Now, for some of our audience, I mean, some of our audience uh, were literally born after Ross Perot was actually running for president. Yeah, exactly. Um, now that's now we're talking ninety two, not ninety six, right? Because ninety six, he was kind of you know kind of a joke yeah, at that point, yeah. right? Okay. Now, but Ross was fun to draw. Once you drew the ears, you were done. <laughs> <laughs> All the spoofs that are out there. What do you think of the Alec Baldwin spoof? Um, I mean, it, it's almost like a caricature come to life, right? Oh yeah, I love it. It's, it's great. Yeah, I, I was just listening to your show, and I I, I I come up with an idea for a cartoon. Uh, probably draw it tomorrow. I thought with, with the release of Doctor Strange, I thought you know Trump would make a great Doctor Stranger. <laughs> <laughs> Stranger danger, Dr. Trump. Uh, oh, yeah. Dr. Trump, that doesn't sound right at all, right? There's just nothing about well, that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if those two words should go together. So let me ask you a question. That's a good segue into the next question. I mean, when you're drawing the cartoons, now obviously, look, uh, Trump has been the obvious target for, for good reasons. I mean, there's no question about it. Hillary's got a lot of problems, too. I actually was posting one of your cartoons uh, on the Facebook pages uh, with the two fertilizer bags, and one said Clinton, one said Trump, and said this is all we got to choose from. Um, but, you know, how much bias are you allowed to put in, or, or how much bias do you, do, you, do you allow yourself to be objective when you do this, uh, especially this year, or, or is it, or, I mean, as a political cartoonist, is it okay to be, you know, for one candidate or against one candidate? I, I think it's, 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 sure, it's fine to, to be uh, for, you know, uh, one, one candidate. Um, it's unfortunate that there's not one candidate that is really worth being for this year. It's amazing, right? Uh, yeah, it is. It's, uh, you know, you think there's this many people in this country, and these are the two best that they could do. Here's my theory, and and this is this is my absolute theory. I think Hillary is actually paying Donald Trump to run for president, and she was paying for like she got in because I know he's donated to her campaign a bunch like years ago, and when especially when she was like New York senator. I have a feeling that he has actually just been hired by her. Like this is like Celebrity Apprentice like twelve for him, and I think there's actually you know he's he's not really running for president like he's just basically paid by hillary and hillary's paying for it and the worst part is now much to her surprise he's actually winning somehow so this is this is that's my theory what do you think about that you know i i've heard that that uh, was like a conspiracy theory right a long time ago and when i first heard it i thought yeah hey, you know that's that's impossible but oh sure i I, th- I think it's perfectly possible right now in, in light of everything and you know it, it could be leading up to maybe 
couple days before the election, Trump will just do something that is the most outlandish thing you could imagine to throw the whole thing in, in her court. But you know what's funny? And this is it's good you bring that up, too, though, right? Our attention span as a country, I feel like, is just uh, and it's look, it's an overstatement, right? I mean, it's it's shrunk to such minute proportions now. But I mean, two weeks ago, if the election was held two weeks ago when the whole, uh, you know, bleep grabbing thing had happened, you know, there's no way Trump wins. Now we're looking at some polls you know, from CNN and, and all these other, you know, news outlets that say everything's really, really close again. Is it just the attention spans are, are like gone or are we or are the news media is just trying to make us, you know, watch watch the show next next week? It, it's, it's really hard to tell. I mean, you, you get tossed so many different things from from both sides every day. And it's it's really scary because. Unfortunately, there has been this this uh, upsurgence of of fake news that mm. has hit the internet. So th- there are people who are for Hillary or for Trump mm-hmm. who are posting these these ridiculous stories, saying that uh, you know making these really wild uh, accusations. And unfortunately, a lot of people see it on the internet and think. Um, well, it's on the internet. Must right. be true. When it it's not, and it, it's scary. It's really a blow to to what is really good, solid journalism. There is no good, solid journalism anymore. I feel like I feel like <laughs> that's that's non-existent now. I, that's a good another good segue into the next question. I mean, you, you've worked for newspapers for uh, you know thirty years now, and I mean, how has that environment changed? Uh, you know, are the uh, are the new? I mean, obviously, look, we all know print is kind of dying. Uh, some people will say it will yeah. never die, um, you know. But what is the quality? I feel like I feel like when I'm reading like the New York Daily News or the Post or something like that, I see so many typos now, and I feel like there's just I feel like there's just people like they just hire them out of college and they're just they're just you know they're not real journalists. They're clickbait writers, no matter what. I mean, is that kind of where it's kind of transitioned to from the insides from your I, own I'm, knowledge? I'm afraid. I'm afraid uh, what you say r- rings probably m- more true than you may th- suspect. No, I suspect it. I, there, <laughs> there's, there's no, no I, <laughs> I think that that is actually a big part of the problem is because they can't afford people. They're they're you know they get very young, inexperienced people, and you know you get what you pay for with a lot of times. You know, it's funny because I used to read. I mean, the Daily News was my paper, right? The Post, I Post to me was like garbage. I just I didn't want to read the read the Post. I felt like that was tabloids back twenty years ago when newspapers still, you know, reigned supreme. Um, but now I'm reading the Daily News lately, and I'm sitting there going, I could write for these guys. Like some of the stuff that they're writing, I'm like, I could do this easily. What? And I shouldn't feel like that. I shouldn't feel like a journalist because I am anything but a journalist. There is and there is. I, I hardly do any research for my show. I mean, let alone for like an actual <laughs> political discussion. Um, so, talk to me about the talk to me about your 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 history working for the newspapers. Though, um, I mean, where do you draw your inspiration for the for the cartoons? I would find. I mean, I can draw, and I I think I'm funny. I'm kind of momentarily funny, but like being able to pull that together uh, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, I find like extraordinary. I think what you do is extraordinary. Uh, where do you find your inspiration, and how do you actually uh, you know connect with so many people? Well, actually, in this election, these two candidates write their own jokes. <laughs> so, so I, that t- that takes the middleman out. I just go straight, you know, to to, to the cartoon. Um, when you've got people doing things as ridiculous as both of these two, 
every day, you know, I wake up and I'll turn to my wife and I say, you'll never believe what Hillary did or you'll never believe mm-hmm. what Trump did. And more or less, all I have to do is just draw it because they've already set the bar so low. It's, 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 it's really become a joke. I remember and it, in 2004, and I didn't mean to cut you off. I'll, I'll let you finish in a second, too. Okay. 2004 was like, this is the most important election of your lifetime. And it actually really felt like it, because we were at war. The country was going in such a bad path. Um, you know, regardless of whether you're Republican or Democrat or whatever the case is, I mean, actually, I guess I can't say this now, because revisionist history, people are saying, like, Bush was a great president. I don't know how that happened. Um, but, you know, back then it was, I mean, it really did feel like the most important election. This year feels like that, but for all the wrong reasons, right? Yeah, and... and- you know, what I noticed about this election is, for the first time, I think, in, in American history, people aren't voting for somebody. They're voting against somebody. Right. Right. And, 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 and they... Oh, yeah. Good. Continue. No, they, they, they just... And it, unfortunately, it, a lot of it has spilled into t- tremendous amounts of hate. Right. I hear... Uh, I'm, I'm not... Uh, I'm very close to Pittsburgh here, and uh, I spoke to somebody who was telling me about campaign signs uh, in this area. They were putting up campaign signs. And it, it was for a local race. It was not for Trump or uh, Hillary. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody pulled up and uh, pulled a gun on them. Oh, my gosh. And told them to get the, get the signs out of there. They're, that's how ridiculous this has become. Now, I feel as if, um, I feel as if, though, this one, you know, here, here's the thing, right? Like, I don't want Donald Trump to be president. So, I mean, I'll, I, don't want, I don't really want Hillary to be president either, actually. I mean, I'll, I'll be quite honest. This is, a, you know, maybe a libertarian um, vote coming my way this year. But um, I do feel the media is extremely, extremely biased against him. Like, they're actually trying to not get him elected. Uh, do you get that sense from, from the general media at large? I mean, this, this, this definitely feels like... Um, it, this definitely feels like, you know, with, when, they, when the WikiLeaks thing broke and the, there's the emails with Hillary Clinton, I feel like they kind of brush it aside a little bit um, versus, you know, if Donald Trump has a video from 10 years ago that honestly has no real bearing on you know, the race necessarily in terms of legal or illegal behavior, it becomes this huge thing. Uh, do you think there's this media bias against Trump, or, or what do you think? I, I think there's actually bias against both, but looking at, at the election overall, I, I think there's probably much more against, against him. I do feel like as if they're trying to not, I mean, which is fine, because again, we really shouldn't have him as president, but I don't, I don't like the idea of the media being so blatantly against a candidate, because I feel like that actually defeats the whole purpose of like a democracy. I mean, we might not like the results, um, as Trump said, he, he doesn't like the result. you know, he's not going to like the results. Um, you know, I, I just, I definitely feel there's something like that. So Sam, my engineer, actually came back with a question for you, um, which, which, um, candidate makes for a better comic character though oh trump (laughs) (laughs) now why i i mean he's he's like perot you know but with drew perot i just drew the ears and there was um early in the campaign where when i was drawing uh trump i would just draw the hair and and that that was enough (laughs) 
I got to be honest with you. So as a balding American, I, I just give him so much credit for that for that weave. I mean, it's 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 definitely his real hair, which is what makes it so extraordinary. I mean, how he's able to do that, that you know, that gives him points in my book right right off the bat is how he's able to. I mean, no, it's not the Rogaine. See, Sam chimes in and says he thinks it's the Rogaine. I don't think it's the Rogaine at all. I think he has got just the most gigantic mullet you have ever seen on a human being. And it just it just kind of like... I mean, I'm just kudos to him for the hair. I got to be honest with you. Well, it's it's possible it could be the world's largest comb over. It is definitely the largest world's largest comb over as well, too. Um, so, com- we had a we had a poll, and I want to get your take on this. If you had to pick a supervillain to vote for instead of Hillary or Trump, so you got Hillary, Trump, and then you have a third party candidate. Who would it be? Would it be Lex Luthor? You know, who could you actually live with as a supervillain? running the country versus Hillary or Trump. Lex Luthor, Dr. Doom, Loki, or I have Richard Nixon. He was the villain in, in the Watchmen graphic novels. Uh, I, I, hate, I hate to say it, but uh, I might go with Nixon just because <laughs> I, I'm, I, that was one of the first presidents that I drew. <laughs> now, what, oh. made, what made you get into the business, actually, or how did you get into the business? I'm always curious in that, too. I've drawn since I was a little kid, and... I, I grew up in my grandfather's store, and in his store, it was a grocery store with a gas station up front. Mm-hmm. And back in the 50s, there, part of it used to be a diner, mm-hmm. and they never took out, there There were like four or five stools at the, at the, at the uh, like at the diner counter. Mm-hmm. And those stools were never taken out, and he kept them, and the locals would gather there, sort of like, you know, like uh, coming into the general store every day, just to talk about politics, and... I thought, well, at that time, I, I would draw things I'd hear them talking about. My granddad would, would take these things and tack them up to the wall of this store, and, you know, people would comment on it. And I thought, you know, what a wonderful way to be able to, to voice your opinion. You, you can just sit back and draw something, and, you know, you, get, you take a little piece of paper, a little bit of ink, and with that, those few things, you are able to... To make people laugh, to, to make people cry. Hopefully, sometimes you make them think. Yeah, and it's it's a, a wonderful thing to be able to do. And it's you know I, I was you know I've been honored to have been a part of, of this um, this profession. It's 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 a, a great uh, American tradition that that was started. The first political cartoon in America was drawn by Benjamin Franklin. Mm. So what's your what's the future for you? Where do you, where do you see uh, you know your profession going, and what 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 lies next for you? I th- I think uh, right now editorial cartooning, of course, is is getting more into online. So you, you're seeing a lot of more animated uh, things. Yeah, uh, that's something you know that in the last few years has popped up a lot, and I, I've been uh, tinkering with it myself. So. I, I would say that that may be a part of the, the future of it. Um, I, I know it's it's an art form that will, will never die because uh, you know from, from now till the end of time, man will always have an opinion. Absolutely, and uh, South Park I think is a great uh, representation of wh- of how the political cartoon uh, is never going to die because that's twenty years in and it's uh, and it's still going strong. Oh sure. So where can uh, where can people find your awesome work? I know uh, you got a Facebook page. 
Uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook, on Twitter, uh, both. Uh, just do a search for Bish Tunes, B-I-S-H-T-O-O-N-S. I'm also on Instagram. Um, the, the, <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing right now because I, I'm looking online and I'm seeing a, a cartoon that I drew years ago, and I think it, it pops up every time this this time of year. It's a... a um, a turkey with Santa Claus, and it's about the commercialism being rushed with Christmas. You can't mm-hmm. walk in a store right now. I know without Christmas songs and everything. And the uh, turkey is telling Santa Claus, um, uh, "You know, back off, fat boy. Uh, <laughs> it's my holiday." <laughs> Randy Bish, award-winning editorial cartoonist. Check out his work at at Bish Tunes. Randy, thank you so much for joining me and, and being, a, being a, a last-minute call-up here for this week, too, uh, with the election coming up. I appreciate you jumping on with me. Thank you, Mike. Have a good one. All right. You too. All right. When we come back, yes, people can call in. This is a call-in radio show. 877-480-4120, talkingalternative.com. When we come back, we'll put a bow on this uh, show. We'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit more. You know, we'll talk with whatever you want, actually. We'll do a little Deadpool 2. We'll do a little Doctor Strange. We'll do some Trump, some Hillary. Tell me who you think is going to win the election. All that kind of fun stuff when we come back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. Welcome back, Secrets of the Sire. Do this every week. We talk comics, movies, TV, and pop culture. Nothing, nothing more pop culture right now than the uh, than the election 2016. It's a joke of a reality show. Uh, it's our democracy in action now. Sam and I were actually talking off air, and you can actually listen to us off air um, if you were interested at all in becoming a patron. Become a five dollar patron. Go to our Patreon page. Go to michaeldolce.com. It'll actually take you right to the Patreon page. Um, Check out our YouTube page as well, too. You can get links to there as well, too. So you can definitely, you know, like us, share us, you know, even just doing a like and just doing a share, share the Facebook page and share the Facebook posts. I mean, everything helps. Uh, It helps get the show out there into the right people. We were talking about uh, Louis C.K., a little joke that he had made about uh, how, you know, if you don't, if you vote for Hillary, what what was the joke exactly? If you vote for Hillary, you're smart. If you vote for Hillary, you're smart. If you vote for Trump, Trump, you're an idiot, and if you don't vote at all, you're an asshole. 
But I actually think the South Park guys have it right, see? And I think the South Park guys... The South Park guys make it... No, they actually did in 2004. They went on talk shows everywhere. And they were telling people not to vote. And the reason they're telling people not to vote, they're like, they're like, if you don't know the issues, if you don't know the candidates, if you don't know what they're doing... Don't vote. You're actually hurting. You're going to end up hurting the election. And they had the infamous 2004 episode, which was the which was the vote or die episode with P Diddy. It was amazing. Uh, what does that mean? It means it means I'm gonna fucking kill you if you don't vote. But um, you know, it had Stan and Kyle, uh, not Stan and Kyle. It had Cartman and Kyle fighting over Stan because Stan was an undecided voter. And they had this whole thing with the with the South Park mascot, and they were voting for a giant douche or a turd sandwich. That was their write-in votes for the South Park mascot. It's a beautiful episode. It's it's, it's just an all-time classic. And it's, it's 12 years old, and you could watch it today and, and apply it completely. In fact, they brought back the giant douche and the turd sandwich um, in this season because, you know, and, uh, and Hillary is the turd sandwich, and Trump is the giant douche. But, um, you know, Kyle and Cartman are like, what? Stan's not going to vote? Well, we have to show him the importance of voting so he can vote for our guy, <laughs> you know, and that's what a lot of people do. So I'm with them. I, I honestly look if you don't know what's better, what's not, you know, don't vote because you're actually I, look. I know. I know. Yeah, it's, it's sacrilege to say that. But uh, go watch the South Park episode. I think it's I think it's in line. Go educate yourself is I guess what I'm telling you. Go educate yourself before you vote. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, actually, don't educate yourself on this election because, quite frankly, you know. They're just off. They're just terrible. All right. We're going to go spinning the racks. We're going to go talking the latest in the pop culture realm. Uh, Variety reported last week, Tim Miller will not be returning to direct Deadpool 2, dropping out of the sequel due to a series of creative differences with star Ryan Reynolds. I love that. That's like irreconcilable differences when you get divorced. Um, a source confirmed Saturday morning, while Miller had not formally signed on, he was in the process of developing the script and was widely expected to return. In fact, I mean, he made all the Comic-Con rounds. Um, so he was he was in line to do this. So we're very curious to see what happened. The source said the split was uh, was amicable. They also say that about divorces too. Um, after Deadpool's massive box office success, a sequel was nearly inevitable and was announced at CinemaCon back in April. Um, Fox co-chairman Stacy Snyder actually said Reynolds will be back as well as Miller. Um, Miller gave. Fox, its biggest hit of the year with Deadpool, grossing a whopping $786 million worldwide. Uh, most of the creative team was set to return, um, with Snyder also confirming that screenwriters Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick would be back to handle script duties. We talked about this at the beginning of the show. Uh, this is not good. Like, I, you can spin this any which way you want. That's, well, S- Sam just said, or it saves the movie. No, I don't think it does. Why would it save the movie? That's like, that's like... That's like saying, though, you know, let's take this, let's take this great, let's take the, let's take the New England Patriots, um, and let's just get rid of Bill Belichick, you know, because obviously, you know, whatever he he's doing is working. Why would you do that? Maybe it's a bad analogy because he's been doing it for a long time. It's, it's in a creative venture, like you said before. What made it work so well was because it was different. Sure. And if it's the same team, it's just going to be more of the same. But if it's a different, I, a spot of Premier Stark said, "Go Pats." J E T S Jets Jets Jets. No, but so um, I no, I did, and I actually disagree because now whoever they're bringing in is going to be more pressured to make the same movie. I feel like, I feel like they're going to be more pressured to to do to repeat because they have now the pressure of taking over for a director who made a whopping 135 million in its open weekend. I think there's I think I think no matter what this is not good. Uh, they talked about it with Suicide Squad, right? I mean, they said, "Oh, the reshoots. Oh, we're just doing it for more action and this and that." Uh, you did reshoots because the project was not good. It wasn't it wasn't set. Uh, Fantastic 4, another thing where the director, I mean, 
there stable movies tend to do well. Unstable movies tend not to do well. Um, the only good thing, though, is that Newsarama is reporting that two more potential names have been bandied about um, for the director's chair, Daredevil showrunner and one-time Sinister Six director, Drew Goddard, um, is in the running. Drew Goddard is a fantastic writer. He was a Buffy guy, um, wrote some good Buffy episodes, wrote some great comics, wrote, uh, I believe he was Cabin in the Woods as well, which is a fantastic horror movie if you guys ever checked that out. Fantastic talent, and he's the showrunner for Daredevil. So if he's taking over Deadpool 2, maybe maybe it's in good hands, and he's got the clout right now um, that I think can carry over, which is really good. Um, TV director Magnus Martins um, has been named also as a potential guy. He does Luke Cage, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So he's in the superhero universe, the superhero realm, uh, but he does TV directing, which is, look, it's different than being the director of a feature film. I mean, when you're directing, you're part of a team on a TV series. When you're the director, you're essentially, I mean, you you are the guy running the ship right there. Uh, John Wick co-director David Leitch, Leitch was named earlier as the leading candidate as, as well as uh, Deadline echoes that sentiment. So it's going to be released in 2018, so we got some time. We're going to see what happens, um, but... Brian Everham ch- uh, chimed in. Revis Island not as scary as it once was. No, that is very, very true. Um, my, my poor Jets. My, it, it's sad to see uh, Darrell Revis going down downhill a little bit because that guy was greatness. I mean, he was greatness, and you don't want to see it. I, uh, Michael Irvin had a great point on a, on a talk show recently, not to divert, divert into sports, but why not? We're talking politics today. We might as well talk sports too, right? I mean, it, you know, it works. Um, who will play Domino? Um, a rumor going around is that Lizzie Kaplan will actually play Domino. And if that's true, first of all, she is smoking hot. That's a that's a terrific, she is just awesome. Um, also, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, also, I love her too. So, uh, would be awesome if she was in there uh, as well. So, there's there's definitely, um, you know, she's a Masters of Sex as Lizzie Kaplan. She's, she's brilliant in that show. I don't love that show, but I've seen enough episodes and she is just, she's fantastic. Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead was in... Uh, what is it? Live Free, Die Hard. Great movie. Ten Cloverfield Lane. She's been in a bunch of movies, kind of under the radar. I love her as well too. I think she would be a great um, Domino. Sienna Miller. They're actually saying Sienna Miller is is in the is in the running. I don't even know what the hell she's been doing. Uh, Ruby Rose from Orange Is the New Black. Um, all right, New York real estate agent chime in. Who's going to win, in your opinion, and why? Oh, well, I think Hillary's got this in the bag, right? I mean, I. I, I I think it's the news news media's job, and if you caught our guest earlier, we actually had uh, Randy Bish, uh, who is a political cartoonist, and he kind of talked about it um, a little bit. How uh, you know the news media is basically just trying to get us to watch next week. I heard a great thing on the Michael K show today where Peter Rosenberg was like, you know, election night is the Super Bowl for all these news channels, so they want you to tune in. Uh, so they're making these polls seem a lot closer, or or they're picking polls that have something that's close. There's no way. There's just no way that. Trump can win the election at this point. I just feel like, I mean, who knows? The fun, the cool part is when we come back here next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, TalkingAlternative.com, we will have a new president, which is very scary, actually. No matter what, next Wednesday is going to be extremely scary. Um, so we're going to welcome some, some guys from Project Triforce. They're going to be in studio next week, or at least that is the understanding that I have. They'll be in here in studio next week. They're going to be talking about all, all their cool things that they do. Um, they do some really great stuff. So they'll, they'll take our mind off whatever the outcome is. I think no matter what the outcome we lose, like I think there's no, like, there's no winning the election. There's just, there's just, I mean, 
Yeah, right. There's that's it. That's really all it is. Is that we've got we've got four more years till the next election. I guess is really what it comes down to. And if the news media had it there, if the news media had it their way, they would they would just jumpstart it already um, off the bat. All right, we got a couple other things to spin the rack. So um, Doctor Strange is already kicking ass overseas, according to CBR. Um, he made eighty six million dollars. The movie made sorry he the movie made eighty six million dollars overseas. Uh, so. Before it's even opening up here, it's doing colossal numbers. Sam challenged me to say what the numbers Doctor Strange was going to do. I'm going to think it's going to do in the in the 90s. I think it'll be in. The, I'll, I think it'll be 92, 93 million. I think it's going to have a, a tremendous opening weekend, um, especially for the the time of year. Uh, there's no competition. Also, I mean that's how Suicide Squad ended up doing what it was doing. I mean, make no mistake, if Suicide Squad came out when Batman v Superman came out right before Civil War, it would not have made what it made. It, it just wouldn't have. It just wouldn't have. And finally, this one was an interesting one. CBR.com, while I was trolling their sites, um, 15 stereotype-inspired comic book characters and how they were fixed. There, there was this long list of stereotype, stereotypical comic book characters, I guess, in the 60s, and, and mostly, like, Asian-American slants. But the one thing I thought was really kind of interesting is, like, they went and they said, like, how did they fix them? Um... And, and I thought that was a really interesting topic of conversation. I actually could spend an entire, you know, show just talking about that. Is it art's job to fix society's problems, or is it art's job, like art, you know, art in the in the grand sense of it, to report on society? You know, is art a reflection of life? That whole argument. But you know, we're going to leave you with that with that deep deep thought. Is art a reflection of life, or is art um, is it art's job to transform your life? Chew on that. As you guys go to the polls, um, I will definitely be going to see the rest of this Cubs-Cleveland um, Indians game. I'm actually rooting for the Indians. i got to be honest. I want the Cubs to lose because there's, it's just a better story when they do. All right, this has been Secrets of the Sire. We'll catch you next week. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And, and welcome, welcome to, to 21st, 21st Century Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun for you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business and your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21st CE Radio or Talk Alternative. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at TalkingAlternative.com. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day.
fucking alternative. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Rob and Callie Show Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network, 